Reunion, reunion, and, uh, and rewards, and results. So this is kind of the way I want to do service today. I want to invite you to Cambodia. I want to invite you to where the orphans are, where uh, the people that live by the dump are. I want to invite you to Cambodia. I want you to, to join us where 95% of the country is Buddhist. Some of you know the history of Cambodia, the Khmer Rouge, and how there was literally a genocide there. They took all the people out of the city. They killed everyone who was educated, everyone who had glasses, everyone who had any type of education, and they slaughtered them. They took them into the fields, and they tore families apart. And what that tells us, if you didn't know already, is that it is a dark land. It is a dark land where the enemy has a stronghold. And so for us to be able to go in now, we see the Lord working in Cambodia. It's, it's an honor, it's a blessing, it's a privilege, but it's a battle. That's why we invite you to go with us, because we cannot win this battle without you without your prayers, without your support. You know, the word reunion, what, what I'm talking about is how a lot of times we in church, we separate ourselves. You know, we, sometimes we don't even talk. We allow walls to form. We allow space to come between us. You, you might come to church and leave and you never even talk to anyone. And yet we're family. And, you know, I've told you guys before that when we're divided, we're weak. When we're united, we're strong. Remember that illustration? I'm sorry, I tell you guys this so many times, but that little boy was given a task by his dad to break the sticks, and he had this big, thick bundle of sticks, and his dad said, hey, just break it. And then the little boy, he said, okay, dad, I'll do it. And so he got the bundle of sticks, and, and he gave it a karate chop, and it didn't break. And, you know, he threw it on the ground, and it didn't break. And, you know, he kicked it with his leg, and it didn't break. And so the dad has a little conversation with the boy, and the little boy says, Dad, I tried everything I can, but, but I can't break it. And so the dad said, you haven't tried everything. And what he did was he untied the bundle of sticks, and one by one, he broke them. You see, do you see what's going on? Do you see the way the enemy divides us? And one by one, he breaks us? He ruins lives? But when we're united, when we're for each other, when we're family, when we're a church, when we're together, when we're reunited, we are strong. And some of you here, you're going through hard times and you're going through it all alone. And what I'm trying to say is that we need a reunion. We need to come back together. You guys, I don't know if you know what this really is. This is not just church, you know, going to church and you go on Sundays, you come in and you go have lunch and then, you know, you go and you wash clothes and take a nap and next thing you know, you start your day and it's like, you know, this is a social activity that you check off your list. No, we're meeting with God. We're united together. I'll help you, bro. And I need your help. And as we go to Cambodia, we can't do this without you. You know, what we find is that there needs to be a reunion. Will you come to Cambodia with us? Will you? As we go this Thursday, we're on the plane. Will you come with us? Or will you just live your life? You know, it's up to you. I mean, there was a call for us to go. 
There is a call for us to go to Cambodia, and God, by his grace, he opens up the doors, and he allows us to go. We responded to that call, but I understand not everybody can go. Some of you here, you know, maybe the finances were an issue, or maybe the time was an issue. You can't get time off work. That's okay. But there's still a calling for you to come with us. The only question is, will you? Or will you be too busy? You know, will you join us in this trip as we go to Cambodia and God is working and we're praying about, you know, starting Bible college over there. How could that change the country? We want it to be known as a Christian country one day. You know, as we go and, and we visit the orphans, James chapter 1, verse 27. And I, and I don't know if you know this or not, but this church sponsors about 30 kids in Cambodia. And they faithfully give each month. It's not a lot of money to us, but it's a lot of money to them. And by the grace of God, because I consider it not you know, something that we're doing that's this great work. I consider it an honor. I consider it a privilege that we get to be a part of the life of orphan children. It is. Thank you, Lord, that we as a church get to do that. When was the last time truly... Search your heart. When was the last time where you ministered to orphans? James 1.27, it says, Pure and undefiled religion is this, that you visit orphans. Right there on the top of the list. Now the word visit in the Greek language, it means to, to care for. It means to, to go and see how you're doing. See, that's what we get to do. And as you go with us, what God does is an amazing work. These are kids. And, you know, um, when, you, when you go to Cambodia and other third world countries, some of you are aware of this. Even in Mexico, this is how it is. But it's more so in Cambodia. The, the way that these orphans are, not all of them have parents that have passed. Some of them have. Some of them have been abandoned. Some of them have been found by the dump. You know, but a lot of them, most of them in these orphanages are part of a family that doesn't have the funds to raise them or doesn't have the funds to send them to school. And so what they do is they're, they're tended to by these Christian orphanages and they're given the, the, the hope, you know, they're given an education, they're given food. If not, if they don't go into these orphanages, some of them will be sold. They'll be sold as slaves, some of them as sex slaves. So I don't know about you, but to me, I'm like, man, what could be more important than that? We get to go. We get to be a part of that. We have a team, 16 of us that are going. Will you go with us? You see, there needs to be a reunion here. And what we find is that when we find ourselves catching the vision as God has a heart for the, the orphans and the widows and the poor, then what ends up happening is together God does great works. You know, when I think of today's study, I think of just God saying, I want you to go. You know, when I think about reunion, rewards, and results, I think about what Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit. Colossians 2.5. And so Paul said, hey, I'm, even though I'm not there, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
Now, those aren't just nice words to make us feel better. No, it's a spiritual reality that you can choose to be with us if you want. You know, one of the things I've found in life and talking to people, a lot of times it's not just that they're bad. It's that they're busy. It's not just that, oh, they're deceived and that's why they're not really into this church thing. It's they're distracted. I'll be honest with you. When I was growing up, I was raised in, in, a, in a, a parochial school. I went to Catholic church and all those things. And, and if you were to ask me whether or not I believed in God, I would say, yes, I believe in God. But I never had time for him. That was my problem. I'm too busy living my life, playing baseball, video games, having fun. I mean, who has time for God? You guys are pretty good because you came on a Sunday morning, so you get 10 points. But let me tell you, man, what about the rest of your week? See, for us, whether or not I'm going to go to Cambodia with the team that's going from Calvary Chapel Almonte to make a difference and try to bring light in one of the darkest places in the world where these kids are suffering so much, the only difference is whether or not I'm going to give God time to pray and think. You know, I don't know, how many of you here have Facebook accounts, just out of curiosity? Come on, okay, come on, wake up. How many of you here have Facebook accounts? Raise your hand, okay. You guys know that liars don't go to heaven, right? All right. Some of you here, let me share this with you, okay? You don't have Facebook accounts, you're smart, you're wise, because you know it can be a super waste of time, Right? Not only that, you might hook up with some old boyfriend or something, some girlfriend. And so I completely, 100% respect that. I understand. But some of you here, you do have Facebook accounts, okay? If you do, let it be a tool. Okay, let me explain that to you. Not a, not a toy where you waste time where you waste your life, or whether or not they like me or not. You know, you're looking at everybody's feet and stuff. Some people are consumed by it. You know, and not a tragedy either. I've seen a lot of people hook up with people that are bad influences. Okay, so if, if you have discipline, though, you can use Facebook for a good thing. And that's what we do with missionaries. That's what we do on missions trips. You know, Katie is really good, not Joshua. <laughs> Katie's really good at Facebook, and she posts what's going on and how you can pray. So here's the thing, and I'll just share this with you. Maybe we're not friends on Facebook, okay? Shoot me a friend request. Shoot it, you know, Manny Cornea, I want to be your friend, and then afterwards you can delete me, okay? That's fine, but... <laughs> and then, or maybe like our Calvary Chapel Almani Facebook page. Like it. So that way you can find out what's going on. You can talk to some of the other people that are going on the trip and they'll tell you the reports of the day. They'll share things with you so that you know what's going on. You're like, you know what? They're going to Cambodia. I'm going to Cambodia with them. When Paul was ministering to the Colossian church, he said, I'm with you. I'm praying for you. And he even was writing to them. He was writing to them. He wrote a letter to them. When we're out there and we're, you know, going through the battle, um, there's that little write, that writing that you do, you know, or whatever, our posts, and you're like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. You don't know how much of a difference that makes to us when we're out there. And so pray for us. Be with us spiritually in reality. 
And then I tell you what, maybe even write to us, okay? Again, only if you can handle it. If uh, Facebook is too difficult for you, please, whatever you do, don't, you know, go get a, a, a Facebook account. Next thing you know, the pastor is responsible for ruining your life, okay? I don't want to do that. <laughs> but the Lord will show you what to do. I think for me, I have to pray, wake up in the morning. How many of you here, first thing you do when you wake up is you check your Facebook or Instagram? You would never raise your hand, huh? My emails, news, check the news, read the newspaper. No, for me, and this is my personal conviction, wake up in the morning, no Facebook, no Instagram, no emails, no TV, Jesus. You wake up in the morning, you get into the Word, and you get into prayer, and you seek the Lord. That's me. I don't know about you. But see, as we prioritize, then we have the freedom to be able to use these tools for the Lord and His glory. You know, a lot of people think missionaries are weird. How many of you here think that? Missionaries, if you're a missionary, you're kind of weird. You know, there's one guy, he said, missionaries uh, is a person who teaches cannibals to say grace before they eat them, okay? <laughs> That's not a missionary, they're not weird, and they're not wired differently. As a matter of fact, Oswald Chambers said, the special person called to do missionary work is every person who is a member of the church. The call does not come to a chosen few. It is to every single one of us. You guys understand that? I don't know if I, don't know if I should make you say it or not, but man, can you say that? I am a missionary. Okay, and I, you guys sound like, uh, you know. <laughs> but just like, I'm a missionary, even though I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be one. None of us are worthy. I'm not able. I don't have what it takes. There's nothing about me that allows me to be a missionary other than Jesus. The same is true for you. And as you're, you know, reunited together as a church, you're like, I'm catching the vision, and you realize I'm a missionary. You know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. God's opened doors for us to go to Cambodia, Nepal, Mexico. Who knows where's next? But when you understand that, you know, even though I'm not going on the trip physically, I'm going on the trip spiritually, I'm with you. These next two weeks, it's not going to be just a normal next two weeks, a typical next two weeks. It will be an amazing next two weeks because I will be with you. I will be praying. I will be writing. I will be seeking God. I will be asking Him to bring light to the lovely people so beautiful in Cambodia. See, that's our life. It's got to be our life. And when we're there and we're doing the outreach at the dump or when we're at Arekasat doing an outreach for the youth and when we're there you know, with Pastor Hong and his village is close to, you know, the, the Vietnamese people. And, and when we're there, you know, uh, playing with the orphans and doing paint and projects and all that stuff. When we're there, you're there with us. Don't you ever doubt that. And even there might be some here today to think, well, not me because I'm messed up and I, and I don't have it all together. And I've, you know, slipped. It doesn't matter. Are you a believer? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? 
Do you believe in Him? That His cross was for you. And as you place your faith in Him, I believe in Him. I believe He died for me. I believe He rose again. I believe in who He is. And you know, when you look at your life sometimes and you're like, man, but I mess up. Lord, it doesn't matter. You've got to know this, that if you believe, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. God sees no sin in your life. So you have to see yourself the way that God sees you. Because when you see yourself the way that God sees you in Christ, free, forgiven, covered with the blood of Jesus Christ, then your life will change. And then you can know, I can be a missionary. You know, when, when David... Uh, was in the battle. I want to share with you a scripture. And it's a really cool uh, scripture regarding the fact that when David was out there in the battle and, uh, and as he was in the front lines, what ended up happening is they were traveling. And as they traveled uh, throughout the land, um, there were 600 men and 400 were able to go forward 200 were not able to go. And so the 400 that went forward, they went to the battle. Okay, and, and I know you guys have watched a few movies here and there, huh? Have you guys seen like uh, some of the C.S. Lewis movies? What, what are they called again? Help me out here. Help a guy out. Come on. Narnia. <laughs> Chronicles of Narnia. You know what I'm talking about, man. You see him go out there in the battle. I love it. And they're just, you know, they're, they're running really fast and there's a clash. You remember that? That's what we're doing. That's kind of what we're doing when we go to Cambodia, right? And so that's what David was doing. They were going to the front. There were 200 in the back. And so when the 400 went, they fought the war and they won the war. They got the spoil. They came back. And there were the 200 there by the supplies. And the 400 that won, they said, hey, these guys don't deserve anything. Because we went to the battle, they just stood behind. But listen to the biblical principle. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 24, it says, David said, But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. They shall share alike. And what that means is that we get to go to Cambodia, Lord willing, there'll be a great harvest and a great work. And when that guy gets saved, you know, and and then he he, he just grows and he becomes a pastor, planted, plantado right there in Cambodia. Think about that. We actually get rewarded for that. We get the same share at those who have gone out and those who have been left behind. That's you. That's you, if you want it to be you. One day, we're going to stand before God. You guys know that, right? I mean, I, it, it could happen any day. You know, some of you here, you're, you're getting older. Admit it. Yeah. The rest of you here, you youngsters, you think you're going to live forever. Not every young person lives forever, right? None of us knows when, but we're going to die one day. We're going to stand before God Those of you who are Christians, you know this. You're going to be rewarded based on your works here. We go to heaven free gift. The blood of Jesus gets us in. Not a sliver 
of our works has any contribution to the ticket to heaven. When you believe in Jesus, you're in. But now there's a different thing that needs to be determined. What kind of rewards will you have during the millennial kingdom and forever and ever? What kind of rewards will you have? You know, we're going to stand before the Lord and he might look at you and he's going to say, this guy right here was faithful, well done, enter into the joy of your Lord. Because you were faithful, I'm going to give you 10 cities to watch over and for the rest of eternity, eternity, you will be rewarded because of your work on planet Earth, because of your faithfulness. You were faithful and entrusted to you forever will be your reward. The Bible even talks about how we're going to get crowns. Again, going back to Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> you get the crowns. And I don't know how it's all going to work, but there's going to be something so glorious about that day where you get crowned because of your faithfulness. And what you're going to do is you're going to take that crown and you're going to cast it at the feet of Jesus. Revelation 5. It's all based on your faithfulness now. You know, the Bible says in Revelation, I think it's 22, 12, Jesus said, behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me. You know, the Bible says, take heed to yourselves, men. Make sure that you don't lose your reward. Matthew 5, Jesus said, if they persecute you, great is your reward in heaven. You see, if there's a reunion, if we gather together as a church, and it doesn't matter who you are, because you might be thinking, no, I'm on the outside. No, you're not. You're on the inside. We love you. We love you. God loves you. You're part of us. If there's a reunion, if you would go to Cambodia with us, if we could unite, then there'll be a reward. And there'll also be results. You know, when in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 12, when Peter was in prison, did you know that the Bible says constant prayer was offered to the Lord by the church? Constant prayer. I mean, constant prayer. And you know what happened? An angel came and set him free. He was set free from jail. He was about to go and die. There have been times in Cambodia where I thought I was going to die. I'm serious. I don't want to scare anybody or anything, but man, one time we were on a, on a, on a road to Vietnam and one thing about missionaries is they are pretty adventurous. You guys ever seen Indiana Jones? It's kind of like that on, on steroids. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, man. And so we're on this road, and, I, and if we were to go over like an inch, we would fall into this you know, crazy valley. But, you know, they're just crazy. So I remember, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, but, man, can you please help me? And then there was other times where I fainted. Uh, I remember, uh, again, thinking it's a spiritual battle. There was another time where I felt like I couldn't breathe. Because, you know, again, not to freak you out, but it's just the heat and humidity. I remember at night I was having, a, I don't know if you call it a panic attack. I was up by the air conditioner trying to suck the air out, you know. I mean, you just never know. Sometimes in the plane, you know, the turbulence. It gets crazy. I'm like, Lord, is this it? And then you know that people are praying for you, you know, because when they prayed for Peter, he was protected. It saved his life. It saved his life because the church was constantly praying for them. You see, and that it makes a difference. Paul the Apostle in Ephesians chapter 6, he said the same thing. He said, and pray for me that utterance may be given to me 
and boldness. And so you pray for us, we'll be protected, there'll be protection. You pray for us and we're doing all these different teachings and people will be saved. He prayed for utterance. He, he prayed for boldness. He said, will you pray that for me? So that when they teach, every word will be from God. Because when you're speaking, you know, you're giving your teaching in English, they have to translate it into Kamai. It's a challenge. And if it's not done by the Holy Spirit, it will not be effective. But if it's done by the Holy Spirit, it'll be effective. And so there will be results. How? If you, if you go to Cambodia with us. You guys want, anybody want to go? Out of curiosity? I pray that you would. You know, I was thinking about this, and I, I forgive me, I'm going to close with a couple of thoughts before we have communion today. Um, teamwork. Teamwork. How many of you believe in teamwork? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you can look and... Forgive me for this, but, you know, you can look at maybe at some basketball teams. I, I think of the, the Golden State Warriors, and one of the things about them, even though you can't win them all, okay, you can win some, um, is that their teamwork's involved. You know, passing the ball, passing the ball, passing the ball. It's not about a superstar. It's not about just talent. It's chemistry. It's teamwork. And the only hope that we have, whether it be in Almani or... Mexico or Cambodia or Nepal is if we're, we're a team. And so we got to have that. Because, you know, one day, man, we'll be home in heaven, hopefully, if you know the Lord. And when we're there, um, then everything comes clear. It's like, wow, why did I waste my life? You know, going to the gym is cool. It's okay going to the gym, but is that your God? Just a little challenge for some of us that are going to the gym. Maybe just work around the house. Yeah, try that. <laughs> Do some yard work. Paint the house. I don't know. Put down some new floor. I mean, something. Get physical. You know, I think a lot of times we get distracted with things. You know, this last week we had something happen at our house. It was tough, you know. Um, a lot of you know about my dog Chip. My dog Chip. Um, love that dog, uh, the best dog in the world. I don't care what you say about your dog. And he started to suffer. You know, he got old, 15 and a half years old in, in dog years. That's a lot, you know. Next thing you know, we started seeing that he was slowing down. And, you know, but, but you know, I was talking to Deborah, and she was saying that one thing about dogs, when they, when they come to the end of their life, is they want to be strong for you. They want to be strong. Dogs are cool. So, um, you know, he started deteriorating. Next thing you know, you know, loses his bladder control. Next thing you know, I mean, just it happened so quick, man. He, he, he um, was having uh, seizures. You know, his legs are kicking and he's hitting himself against the wall and he's leaving blood stains and 
So we went and took him to the, to the vet, and the vet said, there's nothing I can do. It's kidney failure. The, the week before, the Wednesday before, I had given him a bath and clipped his toenails and clipped his hair, and I just, as I was washing him, I noticed that he was skin and bones. And I remember one time, I had a friend whose dog died a long time ago, and he cried. And I thought, that's weird. Why would you cry for a, a dog? But how many of you here have had a dog that died and it just tore you up? So, you know, we went and the doctor said, nothing we can do. Um, we got to put him down. And so my wife was with me. And um, she started crying, you know. I didn't cry. I don't cry. <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, you know, as, uh, as we were saying goodbye to him, Chip, man, you were the best dog. And, you know, go home. We search our computer for all the, the pictures we have of him. We have a little stuffed animal that looked like him. And I don't know. Do you guys, I mean, some people say dogs don't go to heaven. I mean, I, Chip does. I know that. But <laughs> There's animals in heaven. There's horses in heaven. Why can't there be dogs in heaven? Man's best friend, huh? Not cats, sorry. <laughs> I'm just joking. It's for, uh, Joey, where's Joey at? He loves cats. I, I'm okay with that. But <laughs> and so here I am thinking about you know this this dog and and I and I and I hate to bring the parallel, but I'm I'm going to do this. You know, if that's how I feel about Chip, imagine how God feels about you. He loves you. You're, you're, you're made in His image. He wants you to be His son. Think about that. He wants you to be His daughter. You know, one day you're going to die and you're going to stand before God and the only question will be, is your name in the book of life? And if you don't know for sure whether or not your name is in there, why not make sure today? All you got to do is believe. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. Jesus, I turn from my sins and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And today as we have communion, I would love to give you that opportunity to make that decision today to follow Christ. And if no one responds, that's okay. I'm not bugged by that because it's my responsibility just to give you the opportunity. But let me tell you something. If just one person here responds, it's worth it. And maybe that one person is you. He loves you. Maybe you drifted away and you need to come back. The Bible says that God will leave. There's a hundred sheep and one's missing. He will leave the 99 
and go searching for that one. Let me tell you something. If you don't know where you stand with God, I want you to know something. He is searching for you right now. Come to Him. Give your life to Christ. And then, go with us to Cambodia.